On episode 597 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss the five keys to sustainable weight loss over 40. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 597. Have you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness? The 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Coach Allen. I'm an NASM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and fitness nutrition. A Precision Nutrition Level 1 coach, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. Each week, I'm joined by our co-host, Coach Rachel. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. I've got a few announcements that I want to share with you before we get going. I'm going to host free workshops during the month of July. The workshop focuses on mindset and motivation. I'll be working directly with you in a group setting on Zoom. If you struggle with mindset or motivation, this is the event for you. And did I mention that it's free? There are four dates, July 1st, 6th, 15th, and 18th. Just pick the date and time that works best for you. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash workshop to register. I'm currently enrolling clients in the Shed the Fat 12-week program. It's a weight loss program. Lose inches, lose pounds as we design a customized, sustainable program that works for you. You can learn more about this program at 40plusfitness.com forward slash weight loss. And finally, I'm trying to put together the first 40 Plus Fitness retreat in Bocas del Toro, Panama over the week of August 28th through September 1st. Several people have told me they're interested in doing something like this, but so far I haven't really had any takers. You can learn more about this retreat at 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat. If I don't get anyone to sign up this week, though, I'm probably going to end up pulling the plug on it. So just so you know, you might want to look at that sooner rather than later. So again, the dates for the workshop, and it's free, is July 1st, 6th, 15th, and 18th. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash workshop for more information about that and to register. If you're interested in losing weight and working with me directly on my 12-week Shed the Fat program, you can go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash weight loss to learn more. And finally, again, we're having the retreat at the end of August. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat to learn more about that. Hey, Raz, how you doing? Good, Alan. How are you today? Uh, just another day in paradise. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. You live and, down and, in Panama. And a, thir- and a third world country. Yeah. But, yes. you know, and so we're still having the water problems. We've oh. had about an inch of rain in the past week, but mm-hmm. we really kind of almost need like a foot or more of rain to mm-hmm. get where we need to be with the reservoirs and all of that. And people say, oh my God, a foot of rain. Well, it could rain a foot in 24 hours here pretty oh easy. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> we got, well, we got 24 inches about 24 inches in 36 hours. So we can get a lot of rain when it's raining. It's so we mm-hmm. just need one of those. It's we get some rain in, you know, it's this and that's and we got some rain last night and it's early this morning, but it, it was hardly noticeable. I mean, when mm-hmm. it was all said and done. So 
Yeah, we just need a good solid rain, but I've got full tanks and we don't have a ton of guests. So we're not hurting for water. It's just, you know, feel bad that a lot of people on the island have been. And when you just don't have a means to get water, it's it can be very frustrating and and difficult. So some of the people that live here are not too happy with the government for not making sure they have water. But um, yeah, you know, hopefully we'll get some rain. We just um, so all you folks that are getting too much, just send it this way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. How are things up there? Good, good. I had mentioned last week that Mike was having some more testing done and. He had the biopsy of his lymph nodes looking for potential cancer and and he's in the clear. So we've dodged that bullet. He's healthy, no evidence of cancer at this point. So we're hoping that immunotherapy just keeps moving and working like it's supposed to, and we'll be past this soon enough. Yeah, I hope so, so too. I really yeah, do. A big relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, are you ready to talk about weight loss? Sure. Five keys to sustainable weight loss. Now, when it comes to trying to lose weight and keeping it off, we really have to change not just what we eat, how we eat, when we eat. We have to change our whole self. We have to change our brain. And that is very difficult. (laughs) Our brain resists change. It was in our best interest when we were hunter-gatherers for our brain to keep us doing consistent things, seeing normal things staying on a given path, doing things a certain way because it was less dangerous. And so our brain is wired to look for anomalies. It's wired to look for change because change is deemed dangerous within the framework of the way our brain works. And I think you can see where that can be a big problem. And now if you find yourself overweight and you're kind of way off the path, A lot of people like to approach this and say, well, I don't have to really change anything. I can eat what I like to eat. I just have to eat a little less. And so they try diets that help them do that. And it's really just driving slowly in the same direction you've been driving. If you're lost and you're driving in the wrong direction, driving slower isn't necessarily going to get you what you want. You're still going to be off the path. We've got to make some significant changes And that's going to be difficult. But if you follow these five keys, I think that's going to help you quite a bit. And as we go through the five keys, I'm going to be talking a little bit about how your brain works and a little bit about how this played out with one of my clients. Now, I'm going to change the names of my clients just so you know, but these are real clients. Just I'm changing the names because I don't really want to out my clients for certain things that they were dealing with when they were trying to go through this. But I just want you to have some examples of how this key, that key that I'm talking about, applied in someone's journey. The first key to sustainable weight loss is to embrace discomfort. Losing weight is going to be hard. You're going to have to change some things that you do. You're going to have to do some things that you weren't doing. And that difference is going to trigger your stress hormones. It's going to trigger the release of cortisol. And so you're going to feel this fight or flight kind of thing hitting from time to time. It's going to be difficult you're also likely going to feel hunger. But I'm here to tell you, hunger is not starvation. Hunger is just your body telling you you should eat something, but it's not dangerous. You're not going to starve to death. But these are discomfortable feelings, uncomfortable feelings. And so if you can't embrace the discomfort, you're going to give in to them. And so this first bit where you're trying to use some willpower, develop some strength in that, it's going to be uncomfortable and you have to embrace it. Now, I had a client, her name was Suze, 
And she decided she was going to go out hard in and she wanted to do low carb. She wanted to get into keto. And I think, you know, if you've tried keto, you've read about keto, it can be very difficult, but it can also be very effective at helping people lose weight. Now, there was an unintended consequence with her keto that a lot of people suffer with. She ended up with constipation. And as you can imagine, that's very uncomfortable. Now, a lot of people at that point would have said, oh, I can't eat low carb. And she would have reverted back. But we talked her through it. And so she tweaked some of her food choices and she pressed through. Now, what we did was we added a little bit of fiber to her diet and we got her to take a supplement of magnesium and that solved her problem. She found a sustainable way for her to eat low carb and her preservation paid off. I mean, that she stuck with it and she lost over 40 pounds. So you have to push through and you have to embrace that discomfort. The discomfort is your body telling you something is different and that's not a bad thing. That's your body telling you that it's hungry or wants you to eat. That's not a bad thing. You just have to figure out how to work through that and find the right way that's going to work for you. Now, the second key is to focus on progress and not perfection. Now, a lot of people want perfect. They want fast progress. They want straight line weight loss. And that's just not how it works. If we keep trying to strive for perfection, a part of our brain that's called the anterior cingulate cortex is going to be activated. And so this is going to create anxiety, self-doubt. And so instead of striving for perfection, what you want to do is focus on progress, even little small progresses, and you celebrate those wins, you're going to reward your brain. Your brain's going to say, hey, this is good. This feels good. It's a release of dopamine every time you congratulate yourself and you feel good. And so what that does is that activates your brain's reward system and you feel good. And so if you can start acknowledging small progress, and that's why a few weeks ago I did episode on journaling. And I think writing down your daily wins is a really good and valuable tool. Now, I had a client, Maria. Now, Maria wanted to lose weight, but here's the deal. She was working very long hours. It was a busy season for her at her job. She's a tax accountant. And so during tax season, right up until the filing deadline dates, it's insane. 60, 70 hour weeks plus. The food they're bringing in is not necessarily always the healthiest for you either. There's a lot of stress. And so what she did was she just basically said, okay, I'm not going to have time to go to the gym and get workouts in. So instead, she just focused on making better food choices. Okay. Now, what did this mean? That she was not seeing this perfection. Occasionally, she had to make a bad food choice because that's all that was available, but she ate less of it. And so she worked her way through this and she managed to lose weight during this busy time because she focused on progress and not perfection. And now the busy season's over, she's in the gym and she's doing great, you know? So just realize that there's going to be times when you can sprint and there'll be times when you just have to go really, really slow or just hold your ground. And recognizing that pacing is really, really important and then reward your progress. Know when you're doing something right. And so your body rewards you for doing that. Now, the third key to sustained weight loss is being open to new ideas. Now, our body wants regular things. It wants us to stay familiar. It wants predictability. And that makes it really difficult sometimes for us to acknowledge 
that things have to change. That's why it's so, so, so popular for people to put it. Eat whatever you want and lose weight. Keep eating the foods you love and lose weight. You'll read that time and time again. And sadly, I'm, I'm here to tell you that's probably not going to be the way that you have to go. If you've eaten a certain way for a certain amount of time, that's where you are. That's what got you where you were. So trying new things, just trying a different strategy, trying new foods so you're getting more whole foods in your diet. The ability to try new things, to put new things in there often can be the difference and can start crowding out things that weren't working for you, that you maybe you enjoyed. So I had a client, Mick. Now, Mick, at the very beginning, basically told me, I do not want to cook for myself. I don't enjoy cooking. I don't enjoy preparing meals. I want to go out and eat a dinner at a restaurant or something else. And so he didn't want to cook. So we were going to work with that. We were going to work with the not cooking as an approach even though I think he knew deep down that he needed to be willing to try it. And so what ended up happening was he started losing a little bit of weight and he noticed that he lost more weight when he was cooking for himself. So he was starting to prepare more meals for himself, but when he was eating family meals, when he was eating what he prepared, his progress was better. So this rewarded his brain again, that, that whole process of saying, Hey, this actually feels good. This is what I need. Seeing that additional progress and recognizing why it was happening, again, not a bad reason to have a journal, he started cooking more and he started actually enjoying the process of cooking because he knew what was going into his body. He knew it was fueling him and he could see his weight drop and he could see his energy level increase. And so being open to new ideas is one of the key ones because what got us where we are is probably not going to get us where we want to be. Okay, the fourth key to sustainable weight loss is to believe in yourself, okay? Yes, you've tried and you've failed. And yes, you've failed and you failed and you tried and you, maybe you lost weight and then you gained it back. But by believing in yourself and setting that self-efficacy and saying, I can do this, I am doing this, this is happening. When you start to get your brain wrapped around what you can do, versus what you think you can't do, you start pushing yourself towards success. I think it was uh, Ford who said, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And that's this principle is all about. When we go through in our brain and we tell ourselves that this is our new reality, this is what I know I can do, I believe in myself, I know this can happen, you activate your brain and that basically starts affirming you. So as you do these self-affirmations, as you do these self-reflections, as you say, I know I can. I know I can lose the weight. I know I can get stronger. I know I can avoid certain situations. I know I can stop doing things that are not serving me. When you start making those choices and you're making those choices from a statement of belief and knowing that you can, it will change a lot. So Annette struggled with self-love and compassion. We, we talked about this a great deal, and she didn't feel good about herself. And as a result, that was holding her back. So what I had her do is I had her do some daily work, okay? And she thought it was kind of silly at first. Go in the morning, look at the reflection, and tell yourself how you feel about yourself, how you love yourself, how you believe in yourself, how you know that you deserve to be treated right. And like I said, she thought it was a little funny. but over time, that started to shift. And what she was able to do after she started getting this belief system in place 
was she started tapping into her strengths and she started being more consistent and she started losing weight and feeling better. So the accomplishments then of losing weight kind of reinforced the belief that she put in herself at the beginning and that just got stronger and stronger. And so if you find yourself struggling, take some moment to do some self-reflection, but above all, this is not going to happen if you don't have self-compassion and self-love. So believe in yourself. You can do this. You can lose the weight. You just have to believe in yourself and then do the things you know that are necessary. Now, the fifth key is to get help. Now, a few months ago, maybe a couple, yeah, maybe a couple months ago, I shared a model for motivation. And I strongly believe that everybody has motivation backwards. Everybody believes motivation is just something you have, something that just comes on. It's like, oh, I'm now I'm motivated and I wasn't motivated before. But the reality is motivation comes from doing something first. Now, there are multiple different types of motivation. The best kind are the intrinsic ones, but they take a little bit of time to develop that self-belief, that trying new things. All those things are helping you build that. But the easiest and fastest way to get motivated is to hire a coach. A leader coach, extrinsic motivator, which is an external motivator, a coach is going to be there to hold you accountable. They're going to be there to push you. And then you're going to do trial and error. Things are going to work for you that don't work for others. Things are not going to work for you that did work for others. It's like, I don't understand. They ate this way and they did this thing and it worked for them, but that's not how it might work for you. Now, I went through eight years of just up and down, up and down, and I invested thousands of dollars. Once I figured out that I needed to be my own coach and I figured out that I needed to do some things, I wasn't sure how I could do that. I was traveling so much and my life was just so messed up and there really weren't online trainers like there are today. So I just said, okay, I will work with a local nutritionist and I will have some conversations with them. I will spend the money. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars to educate myself, to get certifications so that I could know what to do when I was training. And then I took the information that the nutritionist gave me and I started training and that's how I lost my weight. That's how I lost the weight and have basically kept it off is just from that process. And I still hire coaches today. So I started 40 Plus Fitness because I wanted to be there for people the way I didn't have someone there for me. There was no one online for me to say, okay, I'm over 40. I'm going to be at a different gym every week. You know, I'm going to need programs that I can do in a room. I'm going to need programs I can do in a gym. And I need substitutes if I go into a gym and they don't have a particular piece of equipment. So I train myself to do that. And you don't have to today because there are online personal trainers available. Now, I want to talk about someone named Jose. Okay. Now, Jose came to me. We were on a call. He was about 60 pounds overweight. And we talked about it. And then it came down time to say, okay, are you going to hire me, Jose? And his answer was, no, I don't want to spend that kind of money. I think I can do it on my own. Now, about six months later, I get another email from Jose and he, he wants to talk to me. He had gained another 10 pounds in that six months. And so he reached out to me. And again, he just, when it came time to say, do you want to hire me, Jose? The answer was no. And so we've messaged a little bit since then, a little over a year. He still has that 70 pounds. He's still 70 pounds overweight and he still isn't ready to get help. 
So he's stuck. And I can't be the answer. I can't help him if he won't get help. So the fifth key to sustainable weight loss is to get help. So I think as you can kind of tell, the way our brains are wired is really kind of working against us if we're looking to lose weight. And so if you're going to make a change, if you're going to lose the weight and keep it off, you've got to do a lot to change the way your mind works, your mindset works, and your brain works, okay? And that means you have to embrace discomfort. This is not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And you have to push through that. You have to focus on progress and not perfection. It's the progress that matters. Even little bits of progress, if you can celebrate them, you're teaching your brain to want more and in teaching your brain to be consistent. And that little progress that you're making over time adds up to a whole lot. You need to be open to new ideas. The way you're eating, the way you're moving, the things you're doing now might not be serving you and changing up some of them, trying things you might not thought you would try can go a long way towards making that change happen and making it sustainable. But you got to be open to it. You got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe you can do this, you're right. You can't. So you've got to work on that. You work on your self-compassion, work on your self-love, and really instill a mindset that you believe you can do this and you are going to do this. And then finally, I just say, look, ask for help. It doesn't have to be me. You can be a person in the gym. It can be a nutritionist. Like I hired a local nutritionist, had some conversations with her about what I should eat and how I should eat. And then I ate that way. But that was a very different situation. I do have my 12-week Shed the Fat program going on right now. I do have limited slots in that program. But if you're interested, you can message me, coach at 40plusfitness.com. Reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. These keys to weight, sustainable weight loss are hard. They're not easy. And if you get help, it's going to make it so much easier because you're going to have that accountability. You're going to have done an action, hiring a coach that's going to be the key to having your initial bout of motivation. That's going to help you see progress. That's going to help you be successful at the start. And that's going to keep you going when things get hard. So again, coach at 40plusfitness.com. Welcome back, Russ. Hey, Alan. I have to tell you, truthfully, when I heard you mention the title being the five keys to sustainable weight loss, the first thing I was thinking of, okay, got to eat better, sleep more, exercise more. And then you gave me these five other keys that had literally no particular <laughs> direct thing, but all great strategies for making a change with your uh, weight loss journey. And well, you know, I just wanted to comment on that a little bit because mm -hmm. it's just, it's just this thing that I, is I've started really working deep with people on weight loss and having the right conversations. And, you know, I've got the quiz out there at 40plusfitness.com forward slash quiz. I just seeing the results and what people are coming up with. We all know what to do. Like you said, those right. five things, just do those five <laughs> things, the healthy yes. things that make you healthy will mm -hmm. make you lose weight. And, mm -hmm. and so I just repeated that that's not really solving the problem. The real problem is why aren't we doing those things? Ooh, that's the question of you the know? year. <laughs> so that's the real key. You know, mm -hmm. we know the locks, we know what's mm -hmm. there. We know how to mm -hmm. do it. It's just getting it done. And so I was, as I was thinking through this, it was like, I wanted to go kind of that layer beneath all mm -hmm. of that. How do I make myself do these things or get myself right. to do these things? 
And so these were more in the lines of, okay, what's really in our way? You know, mm-hmm. and if someone says, okay, well, I'm hungry and this is uncomfortable, well, got to embrace that a little bit. You know, if yeah. you want to lose some weight, you're probably going to be a little hungry at time. We talked about that with Brian last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a little shark mode and, you know, yes. so, <laughs> you know and, um, he's a big man, you know, he's over mm-hmm. six, I think six foot five or something like that. So, you know, you know grumpy guy who's six foot five and weighs 300 pounds. Yeah, stay out of his way. It's shark mode. But we're going to be a little uncomfortable, you know, and sure. so that's what these were really all about was how do we get ourselves to feel right about this so that we can mm-hmm. stay successful? Right. Well, the one that stuck out the most with me was key number three, be open to new ideas. And what really hit me with that was when I first started listening to your podcast, how long has it been now, Alan? Six years? Seven well, years? I, yeah. Well, I launched the podcast seven and a half years ago. Gosh. Well, about that time, <laughs> you started to introduce the information about the keto diet and low-carb eating. And at the time, I just had a lot of doubts with yet another fad diet out there. And I didn't want to cut out all the fruits that I like to eat during the day, the breads I love to have with dinner or pizza or anything like that. And I was very resistant to that idea. But at a time, I was at a crossing point here. I was at the bridge. I I had to make a change, but I just couldn't figure out what to do. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be open to this. And I literally said, I'm just going to try this and see how it works. And so I dove right into the keto way of, of eating. And I lost the weight that I needed to lose at that time. So it was Sometimes these ideas are out there or sometimes we don't want to give up, you know, our favorite foods or our favorite habits or, but sometimes if you really want to make a change, you just have to do something a little different. Yeah. And that that was the whole point of the client I mentioned. I used the name Mick, not mm-hmm. his real name, but he had told me the very first day we talked, he's like, I don't like cooking. I don't like being in the kitchen. I don't like doing him. any of that. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about strategies just to Mm -hmm. get you eating better food. Mm -hmm. And then we see where it goes. And the interesting thing was he went on a trip to see his family Mm -hmm. about three weeks in the middle of a 12-week program. He's on vacation and he's sticking with it because the whole point was that's how his family actually lived. They cooked their own meals. So he's having home-cooked meals, and he's starting to taste the nutrition and and really realize, okay, this is serving me a lot better Mm -hmm. than the big U.S.-based portions that I'm getting at all these restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so he started to kind of learn. It's like, this is what real food tastes like when you prepare it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so he started doing that and controlled the portions. He knew everything that was in the food. And then he and his wife just came to realize, wow, you know, this is actually fun. We're spending time together. We're cooking our own meals. We're feeling better. We're looking better. And this is working for us. And so by the end of the 12 weeks, he actually said, we we might eat out once every week or every two weeks. He said, but most of the food that I'm eating, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. preparing myself. And I, I actually like it that way. Whereas before he was so resistant to, I'm not going to cook my own meals. I have to eat out every meal kind of thing just start with that idea of, okay, what if I cooked one extra meal per week for myself? Just one meal. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, what if I did a little bit of food prep on Sunday? I'm working on it for two or three hours, but then I don't have to do that the rest of the week. I just warm it up. So there's lots of opportunities there if you're willing to try new things. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm with him. I don't like to cook either, <laughs> but I also don't like to pay a whole ton of money for a restaurant meal that I don't like, or that's not healthy. So you got to choose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things you don't have to choose, choose, but the whole point being is I told him, I said, well, we'll work with what you've got, but mm-hmm. you've got to look at what a portion size is. And so when they bring out that big plate of food, that's three meals. Mm-hmm. That's three meals on that plate. The standard restaurant has to give you two and a half to three meals just for customers to feel like they got their money's worth. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you go in there and I mean, you look at the calorie counts. If you, you know, some of these restaurants that print that on their menus now, and you, or you can look it up online, you're like, okay, so this particular meal is 1,500 calories. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Rachel, for someone your size, that's almost all the calories. <laughs> That's if you're, all my if you're day. Not, you're, if you're sedentary, <laughs> yes. if you're sedentary, and you're you're five foot one, two ish. Okay. Yeah, on a well, good hair day. <laughs> but you can look that up. You can look yeah. that up and say, "What's my yeah. TDE?" Which we'll, we're going to get into next week. Actually, a little bit about calories. But mm-hmm. that fifteen hundred is almost one hundred percent of the calories you need that day. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you start saying, "Okay, that's if I want to lose a little, little bit of weight, you know, I eat that meal." But mm-hmm. I also had breakfast and lunch, you know, mm-hmm. now, now you start to see why you were gaining weight is yes. we don't understand portion sizes. We don't understand meal no. sizes. It, and, yeah. and so is the whole point of when you're preparing it at home and you know what goes into it and you can give plate yourself a real meal, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to have two portions of protein and then some vegetables. And if I'm going to have something like rice or potatoes, I understand what a portion size is and I'm going to eat maybe half a portion. So I still get to savor and enjoy the carbohydrates that I love, but Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to eat as much of them. I'm really going to take my time with them so that I enjoy them rather than scarf them down like you would do in a a restaurant situation. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And, you know, and you don't have people walking by constantly. Can I get you another beer? Can I get you another wine? Do you want another this? Do you want another? Do you want some dessert? Oh, look at this Mm -hmm. tray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're on your own kitchen. You're not selling yourself that stuff. Um, That's true. So, you know, it was just that thing. He opened himself up to a new idea as we were going along, but he still went out to eat occasionally. But mm-hmm. now he understood, okay, that's two or three meals. So if I'm going to do it, I, I'm either going to not eat all the food that's there sure, or I'm going to bring it home. So maybe I carry it to go container with me mm-hmm. so that I just know, okay, as soon as they bring it out, because I used to do that. I'd, order a steak and a, and a sweet potato. I'd bring my own cinnamon because theirs was already mixed with sugar. I'd actually bring my own butter because uh, oh. they wouldn't give me they had, the stuff they had was the fluffy, you know, whipped stuff with honey in it. And mm. so I was like, no, I don't want their butter and I don't want their cinnamon because it's already got the sugar in it. So I'd bring my own cinnamon and I'd bring my own butter. Tammy was a little um, frustrated with me when I first started doing this, but she liked the results when I started mm. losing the weight. Yeah. And I would literally bring that container or ask for a container and I'd cut the steak in either a half or I'd cut one third off, depending on how hungry I was at that moment. And the sweet potato, I'd maybe eat a quarter of it because mm-hmm. it's the size of my head. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too <laughs> big. Know? Right. And so I just sit there and cut a piece off and I'd cut the steak and I'd put the rest of it in the container. And I'd know I've got lunch for two days sitting in that mm-hmm. container and I'm going to have a nice meal here. So a, a nice Caesar salad. With no croutons, that steak, which is a portion, four ounces, maybe a little bit more some days. And then the potato, the sweet potato mm-hmm. with, with cinnamon on it. 
Cinnamon has the capacity to help blood sugar spikes. So putting regular sugar on a sweet potato works fine. You don't have to have the sugar. It's a sweet potato. Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) But, you know, so I would adapt what the restaurant was serving me to serve me better. But it was just that that was an exercise. I had to go through at a restaurant, you know, I'm carrying butter into a restaurant. You can't put that in your pocket. Um, no, so. <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> Don't put that in your pocket. Uh, but it was just one of those adaptations to say, okay, if I'm going to go out, then I'm going to look for the protein source and look for the vegetables. And if they bring me three meals, I'm going to take two of them home. That's awesome. You know, that's so it's just those little things, but it, it's new and it's a change mm-hmm. and it's outside your comfort zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you started, it is hard, but you just, mm-hmm. when you start to see the results, it's sort of like, okay, if this, then that, and you know how your body works, those mm-hmm. new ideas can become the new you, you know, you're, you're now you eat keto. That's who you are. You've mm-hmm. brought that into your persona, mm-hmm. um, how you live. You don't even think about it anymore. No. I was asked the other day if I missed anything, if there was any particular food or meal or something that I've missed having been keto and kind of very specific with what I choose to eat. And and I don't, I don't crave anything anymore. I can pass up all those sweet pastries. They really mean nothing to me <laughs> at this stage. So I don't miss any of that. But just one more thing I want to mention is the last key about hiring an expert or to going to hire a coach or a trainer. And I feel like that is so important, especially at this particular age where we are uh, over 40, I'm over 50, that I don't have time to play all the tricks. I don't have time to mess with different strategies anymore. If I want a result, I want to just go and get the result. And you just mentioned a whole bunch of really great ideas that I don't think the average person might have thought of on their own. When somebody were to hire you, Alan, you probably give them these types of strategies and these types of tips and things to look for, to think about. And I would rather be guided in those ways than to just kind of hit and miss it on my own. There's, There's a lot of benefit to hiring an expert right off the bat. Yeah, it's the way I look at it is, okay, well, one, you can look at it from the motivation perspective. It's easy and it's immediate. So Mm -hmm. you have extrinsic motivation, accountability Mm -hmm. from a coach right there to start. That's huge. It is. For most people, as soon as they know, okay, I invested and I've got a coach and the coaches ask me what I can do and can't do. And -hmm. then just pushing me just to the edge and just outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. that's where the magic happens. You can't stay comfortable right. and change. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. There's got to be just outside your comfort zone. You don't, you don't want to go too far outside your comfort zone because then it has an opportunity to kind of backlash on you and cause some problems. But just outside your comfort zone is a place. And when you start pushing that, your comfort zone gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And then you push it a little bit more. And that's where a coach can really come in handy because we can start pushing. And when something just isn't working, you know, I have mm-hmm. clients then say, okay, here's your workout. And they come back and say, you know, this particular exercise just doesn't feel good on my knees, mm-hmm. you know, or my lower back or this, or they try something and they're kind of like, you know, I just don't like broccoli. Just do not like broccoli. <laughs> sure. Like, well, broccoli isn't the only vegetable out there that yeah. you could try. There's lots of them. And so, but some people equate, if I'm going to lose weight, I got to do chicken and broccoli. You know, they're just, right. that's because that's what they're told or that's what they believe. 
And so it's just the, okay, well, let's talk about other vegetables that would fit with what you're trying to do. The leafy mm-hmm. greens. Are there any leafy greens that you like? Are there any other, you know, basically cruciferous vegetables, which, you know, asparagus does not taste like broccoli. It's entirely different. A cauliflower does not taste like broccoli. And there's things you can do with either one of those mm-hmm. to make them not the same texture, same quality. You know, you can make a cauliflower into a mash and put some butter in there and it's mm-hmm. almost, I mean, I'm just not going to say it's mashed potatoes, but it's ish. ish. <laughs> yes. uh, you can rice it and it can mm-hmm. replace rice in some dishes. Mm-hmm. And so there's just opportunities there to have the conversations to see, okay, mm-hmm. what would work and what can we try? And I, I always that. tell my clients, I'm like, We're, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And if it's serving you, you should keep it. If it's not, toss it. And there's mm-hmm. plenty of times we start a strategy and they're like, okay, this is just not, this is not working for me. Cool. Or mm-hmm. it's a pivot, you know, like the client I had that uh, she wanted to do keto. She mm-hmm. knew that she, you know, she'd seen enough to know that that would be something that would help her lose weight. Me and, and friend that referred her to me and all that, she saw, she knows. Okay. So she said, I'm going to try this. Well, she also got really bad constipation. Mm. And so we're a few weeks in and she's like, I can't keep doing this because this is not working. She said, I'm losing the weight, but she said, mm-hmm. I, I'm miserable. So I'm like, okay, well, let's get you started taking a little bit of magnesium and let's eat some fiber. And she says, well, I, I, I thought I was supposed to stay away from carbs. And I'm like, no, you can have fiber. In fact, mm-hmm. I want you to get a lot of fiber. So we just went out and picked some fiber-rich foods, factored that into her nutrition plan. So she's like, okay, you can eat these fibrous foods. You need to eat these fibrous foods. And a week after that, she's running clean. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but the weight's coming off too. Mm-hmm. You know, she lost over 40 pounds. She stayed on after I finished the 12 weeks. She lost about half of that during that 12 wow. weeks. And then she was like, wanted to stay after because she had a, an idea where she wanted to be. So she That's stayed awesome. on for another six months in my uh, legacy program mm-hmm. and got herself down. And wow. it was just the consistency and her willingness to believe in herself mm-hmm. when at first she didn't. And then just the pushing through and doing uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. And so it was new things. It was uncomfortable things. It was, you know, just all of it. And so that's why I thought these five were really important as I see it over and over and over again, the people that don't do these five things. And as a result, they kind of struggle. And a coach is there. If you got a good coach, they're going to help you ride right on the outside edge of that comfort zone. Hmm. Keep you in the game long enough to start seeing results. And when you start seeing results, then you start to internalize that and that's how you start building additional motivation that's intrinsic, which is where really the magic happens. Perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yep. Great tips, Alan. Great keys. Thank you. All right. Well, I will see you next week. We're going to talk about calories next week. And I know a okay. lot of people say, well, Alan's not calories in, calories out guy. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Yes. Talk to you then. <laughs> Take care, Alan. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we discuss everything you need to know about calories. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.